You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Screamcast episode 152. I am Sean DeRager, and with me seems to be as as always uh, is uh, the always dependable Stephanie Crawford. Hey, it's me, the boring one who always shows up. <laughs> me too. I'm always home and not out doing really cool things or out hanging out at bars where they're making me like a goth girl drink, like a black drink, and I'm not out directing plays and movies and staring at stacks of Blu-rays. Um, that's Brad staring at the stacks of Blu-rays. All right, We're not um, projecting, though. We're fine. <laughs> we feel cool, too. Um, we're cool. We're cool. We're hip. So Brad just got back from South by Southwest, so we will be having a special South by Southwest episode, uh, just me and him, uh, hopefully sometime soon, mm -hmm. to kind of go through all the movies that he watched, um, all like 135. For some reason, he still, though, was able to record two SOV pods while he was out. Um, Is he guy? Best, in a Best Buy bathroom and... Uh, at the parking lot of a Taco Bell. And yep. so if you want yeah. to hear him uh, <laughs> recording from South by Southwest on the Sov Pod, as I call it, uh, go to screamingpods.com, click on the icon of the Sov Pod, and you'll hear those episodes right there. All right, today, Stephanie, you and me, candles lit, uh, pentagrams on the ground, and Ouija board nearby. No special guests. No nothing crazy. Uh, we will be going through what's on our on our doorstep. We will be talking about 1984 VHS smash hit, The Devil's Gift. We'll be talking about The Ritual and Tragedy Girls. So we have an old movie and then two new movies on the show today. Just kind of breaking the norm for us, but I'm pretty excited to, to talk about all these. Me too. All right. And hopefully, I don't know, maybe with all this spooky stuff, we can conjure someone uh, who knows what year the movies came out, which would be helpful. <laughs> it's 1984. Uh, I, I, I glanced at it and then I moved my screen away and I was trying to look frantically for the tab, but I guessed right. What? No, you have everything memorized. He knows all this stuff, guys. There's no tabs. I think Brad Henderson yeah. is wearing off of me. We're conjuring Brad through the Milton Bradley Ouija board that you can buy at a closing Toys R Us. Brad's eternal knowledge of IMDb is coming through into my brain right now. He's with us. All right, let's jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow, I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. <laughs> Do you have a 
theme song for this yet? Like, do, 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 I do, I do. I do. do you, don't you listen to the show? I have. I totally have intros and everything for all this stuff. No, why would I listen to this show? <laughs> I'm just angling to get you to use me going. I might, I, I might use it. I might not. I don't know. I'll keep you. I just got you'll fired. Have to, you'll have to hear the show to know. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, what, what's been arriving on your doorstep, either, either figuratively or digitally? You know, I always seem to do figuratively, mm-hmm. um, but I will do literally because I've actually been ordering uh, some stuff. Ooh, someone must have got a raise. Nah, just retail therapy. Uh, thank you, crippling anxiety. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you guide me to getting some really great movies. You can always um, tell like when I'm like depressed or in a bad mood because I'm out like I'm either like trying to find deals at like hamiltonbook.com because there's always some cheap Blu-rays there or I'm on Amazon or I'm over at grindhousevideo.com checking things out and uh or trying to hit up, you know, any of these other fine retailers. And uh usually a couple boxes arrive at my doorstep and I go, "Oh yeah, that was pretty depressed a few days ago and here we are <laughs> this is my depression package wonderful mm-hmm. just in time to regret it but not really i had a code red depression package arrive soon right okay the other day. so today uh the burbs arrived yes. a shout select i'm very excited the joe dante classic mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorites i love the burbs so much Yes, I'm excited to have like a really pretty edition. It was kind of strange to me like that uh, bare bones stuff kept coming yeah. out for it. But that might be projection when you really love something you want to be like filled to the brim. You know, Shout Select's been kind of kind of weird because I there was a Shout Select uh, sale and I bought a few things and I got um, for some reason like the the newer documentary Eagles of Death Metal came out on shot select and it's like bare bones huh it can be kind of random with like uh concert films and stuff though yeah yeah all right my favorite though it was uh mastodon put out a dvd i forgot what it was called but they they showed uh one of the guys in the band is in love with creature from the black lagoon (laughs) and they just showed his (laughs) whole collection of it it's like this is what i want these are the extras i want yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Sean. Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of sales, uh, Ron- Ronin Flicks had one recently, and they cover uh, Code Red and Scorpion titles pretty much exclusively. Um, so I picked up a few there. Um, I should have looked up how to pronounce this. I didn't do very well in French in school. <laughs> But the Etoll? Sure. Oh, the, oh, yeah. It's ballet in France. Yes. With Jennifer Connelly, like right around the time of uh, Phenomenon. Yeah. I can't wait to watch and it. I think it's Etoile. Sure. Not that I quickly looked it up or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with. All like the exploitation movies uh, they seem to offer. It was it's a very quiet film. There's a little bit of that old Rita Hayworth movie Cover Girl and a little bit of Black Swan in it. 
Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I don't really see people talking about that one too much, maybe because it's so quiet and a little old fashioned, but I, it's beautiful. Um, and it's fun. Um, it'd be like a good Sunday afternoon kind of rainy day movie, I think. Um, I also picked up Slivis. Yes. Sean, have you seen Slivis? I have not. It's in my to watch pile and I need to get to some of these movies very soon. Yeah. About how big is your to watch pile? <laughs> it's it's a depression um in a box. It's it's so I'm like I told my wife I go, "You know I'm going to die and half these movies I will not have watched." <laughs> and uh you'll be <laughs> sifting through all these all still wrapped movies and just and then movies like movies will still be arriving. I guarantee you I'm getting morbid <laughs> here, but when yeah, you're I kind of depressing. When I die <laughs> packages of pre-orders are still going to arrive like a good month or two months after I pass away. But uh, the to-watch pile is pretty big. I'm trying to work through it. But, you know, kids, wife, job, I, you know. What? Trying, what? To, okay, well, trying to make it all work. Ugh, Sean, I have a life. <laughs> what you need to do is watch Slithis. I want to hear these excuses Okay, this movie is ridiculous. I'm going to be adding it to the top of my stack soon. Good. And me, and you know I mean it because I have kind of a lisp. It's saying slithus <laughs> over and over again. It's very painful for me. Uh, but it, it's uh, wonderful in like a really stupid way. Perfect. And good Lord, I'm a sucker for stupid movies with the heart in some kind of place. The heart's there, though, and that's what's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, Kino had a sale recently, although it kind of seems like they always have sales. They do. Which it, I'm not complaining about. Whenever I'm jonesing for, to, to stock up on Kino, they always have a sale like at the right time. Exactly. Just like wait a week or two yeah. and you'll be covered. Um, so I've been having fun with a lot of 80s movies, um, but I will keep it down to my favorite, which it's been talked about a lot around Twitter. Uh, recently, it seems everyone's watching at the same time, uh, but Miracle Mile. Yes. I've never seen it before, and it like oh ticks all of my boxes. Like um, That era of L.A., I'm fascinated about. I think it was watching Last Action Hero so many times as a kid, <laughs> even as La Brea Tar Pits in it. So thank you. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing cast. It's a lot of fun. So if you're one of the few people who haven't recently been uh, revisiting or seeing Miracle Mile for the first time, holy shit, it's a really fun movie. Yeah, and go in as blind as possible. I had no yes. idea what it was about at all. I, I mean, I just figured it was going to be just this, uh, you know, 80s kind of romantic comedy or something like that. And I, yeah, I, had, I thought it was going to be a lot more lighthearted than it turned out being. Yeah, it's uh, that's all we're going to say. That's all we will say. Goose from Top Gun is in it to win it. See, I He's know not him dead. from ER. <laughs> and he and he's married to a makeup artist who does makeup I like a makeup yeah. company but that's probably not interesting to anyone i'm just gonna trail <laughs> off now <clears throat> but i will do one a uh, proverbial rhetorical one i just like 20 minutes ago watched the first power I oh. with lou diamond phillips was this your first time watching the first power it's my first 
time. And it's, again, another movie. I'm like, where the hell? Okay, so the movie came out when I was really young. But still, where has it been? Like, I looked it up. And it's described as a neo-noir horror film, which is such a great way of describing it. But it doesn't describe how batshit fun and crazy yeah. it is. It has everything in it. Like, you have, like, possessed nuns. You have crazy stunts. Uh, you have random pun. You have everything. Pentagrams. Oh, my God. It's wonderful. Oh, lots of pentagrams. Yeah. Like you were in on the theme of that movie and we weren't even planning that. hundred percent. We don't yeah. plan anything on this show. We don't. We don't even take notes. Uh, that's that's one that I another one that for me and my memory is growing up and kind of perusing the R rated sections and the horror sections like that box art with Lou Diamond Phillips up against the wall. And there's a pentagram on the wall and, you know, good stuff it is good stuff. Sean, you should talk about your doorstep oh. for a change. Okay. Fine. I just have a few things. Um, a few things. No, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of stuff, but I, I have, like I said, I mentioned the documentary Eagles of Death Metal, and this is a, a band started by the singer of Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Holm, uh, as well, and then with his friend, Jesse Hughes, who uh, does the vocals and guitar. And um, I had never really heard about them until, until recently. Um, and kind of a weird way to hear about a band is they were, they were playing a show in Paris and these gunmen came in and shot up the, the, you know, the entire audience. I mean, about 75 or 80 people died. So this is a documentary um, that they started filming. They filmed some stuff before. I don't know if they were starting to do like a documentary on the band or not. Um, but it's this kind of this kind of goes you learn about the band but then you learn then you start going diving into that night their experience and they're all recalling this like three months after the fact because they're about to all head back to Paris to do a show to to um to remember all the victims of of this awful uh you know um massacre you know and so it's 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 a it's it's a weird blend of like fun learning about the band because they're a great band they're they're right up my alley with um I mean very if you like Queens of the Stone Age you'd like Eagles of Death Metal and uh, there's the singer though has charisma for days uh, Jesse Hughes and uh, so so seeing him kind of reduced you know kind of struggling with him just wanting to be this you know rock star and then having have gone through such a a, a crazy uh jarring awful massacre and him dealing with that juxtaposition of those two and then going to meet the the people that survivors that were there uh in like i think he's like leaving in like a few days when they do the interview it's a really really great documentary and it's very emotional at times. It's funny at times, and it's just very powerful uh, film directed by Colin Hanks. Oh, wow! So yeah, so oh, he uh, he directed um, a documentary about Tower Records. Uh, not oh that long yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. I shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, so it's I think it's on HBO. So if you have HBO, you can watch it. I I grabbed the Blu-ray, but it's if you haven't watched it, it's really good and. Uh, you know, have some tissues nearby and it's just a fascinating kind of look into this band because they didn't really like this whole thing kind of pushed them even more in the spotlight because he did this interview 
on Paris TV and it's, and he's so raw and emotional. Um, and like that, like I found out about the band through that, which is kind of a weird way to find out of a, a band. So I, I know that all that kind of goes into play with like, you know, cause they've gained fans out of this. You know what I mean? Wow. That's crazy. So it's really good. Check it out. All right. Next up, uh, is I went to the theater, believe it or not. And I watched the film Annihilation. Directed by Alex Garland. It's fantastic. Starring Natalie Portman. Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. Gina Rodriguez. Tessa Thompson. I mean, this thing is great. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. I could see the hearts in your eyes when you said that. <sighs> I have a crush on Oscar Isaac. Uh, we all do. Fantastic science fiction film. If you love science fiction, if you like maybe sort of more heady science fiction, I guess. But I think Alex Garland does a great job of kind of blending, you know, um, I mean, part of the film seems like Predator, you know, because um, they're in this jungle. But then there's like, you know, uh, biology and all this stuff, um, you know, what makes, you know, I don't know, what makes us human, all that kind of stuff, heady stuff, you know, that science fiction nerds think about when they watch movies, you know. Um, but it's, it's really great. And if it's still in the theaters, I would say, please support the film because Alex Garland, I think is a really fantastic director and writer. And, um, the, they, the studio thought this film was going to tank. I don't think it has. I actually think it's done pretty well for, is it still playing like in, I think it's still playing in LA at the theater. And I think it was still playing at a theater near me. So it hasn't, it didn't do what Warner, uh, I think it was Warner Brothers thought it was going to do tank, but it's really good. Definitely worth watching. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Moving along. Um, if you haven't watched The Shape of Water, you should. It's really good. It's not just a woman fucking a fish like all these idiots keep talking about. <laughs> like on the Oscars. It's, it's one of those things like when a movie like this goes to the Oscars, you have like, you know, you'll have like, you know, Aunt Betty, you know, will come up to you and go, have you seen Shape of Water? And I'm like, well, yeah, is it that movie about that woman that has sexual relations with a fish man? And I'm like, well, it's a lot more than that. But um, I mentioned this. Can you this. use that voice for the rest <laughs> of the recording? <laughs> I talked uh, about this when I was giving away a digital copy for our Club Scum members. We do giveaways every now and then. So if you're a Club Scum member for $2 a month, uh, you might get free shit. So I gave this away. And when I was doing my little live broadcast, I talked about it. And I think for me, this is a movie that um, Guillermo del Toro, uh, I feel like this is a film he's been kind of leading up to his whole career. Like I can see so many elements from all of his films Um leading up to this and it's such a wonderful beautiful film there that there are the elements of horror in there but there are the creature feature stuff but there's also very compelling romance and kind of a whimsy to the film that is just remarkable and so if you if you think it's just this weird you know film like i would definitely like check it out and watch it i mean my wife loved it and she's not the main audience for like a horror film so this movie is a lot more than that. And uh, if you've been sitting on it, if you've been kind of, oh, that's an Oscar film, I'm going to skip it. Don't skip it. It's, it's really fantastic. All right. One more. Um, Takashi Miike's Blade of the Immortal, I finally got around to watching. And this is based on a manga, Japanese manga. And if you like insane, bloody uh, samurai 
fighting uh, with like a fan, like kind of like a fantastical element to it. Uh, it's great. And uh, I think Brad's talked about this before. He talked about it when he went to Fantastic Fest. Um, and uh, it was wonderful. I loved it. I had a good time. I liked that he, I liked that it was, it was like, it definitely felt like a comic book film. It's, ba- it's based on a, on a manga, but it kind of had that, you know, elevated feel like you'd be watching like a, you know, like a, like a comic book adaptation. So I liked that it had, it, I mean, okay. it felt, it, it almost felt like a live action anime. Like it almost felt like uh, if Ninja. So it kept the spirit. Yo, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, they're not playing this for realism. You know, it felt like a live action anime. Um, very like if Ninja Scroll, if they did like a really good adaptation, film adaptation of Ninja Scroll, uh, kind of felt like that, you know, not as fantastical as Ninja Scroll, but, uh, it's fun. It's good. All right. That's all I got for my doorstep. Yep. It's me, Josh Obershaw back again with another roundup of all the Blu-ray news. So let's get to work. We are going to be starting off with some international Blu-ray news. And this one comes courtesy of the UK Second Sight label. They're going to be putting out Space Truckers on May 14th. This one is going to be a region-locked release. And on May 28th, they're going to be putting out the 1982 film Extro as a limited edition with uh, an extended version restored. It's going to have a 57-minute retrospective. This one is also going to be region locked. Now, on to the domestic releases. We're going to be starting with Criterion. They're going to be releasing John Waters' Female Trouble on June 26th. Also, that date is another title that I want to draw attention to. It is Ingmar Bergman's The Virgin Spring. Now, if you're a fan of Wes Craven's The Last House on the Left, you might want to check this one out since it is it was the film that was the main inspiration for The Last House on the Left. Next up, we're going to be moving on to Severn. They're going to be putting out two films starring Laura Gemser. One is called Violence in a Woman's Prison, aka Caged Women. And the other one is Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Both are going to be 2K restorations, and they'll be out sometime later this year. Next up, Scorpion Releasing is going to be putting out their 4K restoration of Grizzly sometime this year. It's going to be limited to 1,500 copies. And it'll be available via Ronin Films, so keep checking back on that website. Next up, Mondo Macabro is going to be putting out the Paul Nashi film The Devil Incarnate on May 8th. And sometime this spring, they'll also be releasing the Spanish horror film Who Could Kill a Child as a 4K restoration. And uh, that one comes highly recommended, so I'll keep you informed when we can expect that. Next, we're going to be moving on to Screen Factory. They've got three brand new titles coming out on June 5th. They are called The Midnight Man, Devil's Gate, and Freak Show. But also on June 5th, they're going to be putting out the film um, Night of the Lepus from 1972, the classic, air quotes, uh, killer giant bunny movie co-starring Dr. McCoy. And they're also going to be putting out Val Lewis's sequel to the original Cat People, The Curse of the Cat People. That one's coming out on June 12th. June 19th sees the release of Alien Predators, a.k.a. The Following. But the big news coming from Screen Factory is that they're going to be releasing the canon films, bonkers, Ninja 3, The Domination. This time, 
as a collector's edition. It's going to be a 4K remaster. There's going to be a whole slew of interviews, including Lucinda Dickey. So Ninja 3, the Domination Collector's Edition, June 12th. Lastly, we are going to be looking at Vinegar Syndrome. I mentioned last time that they're going to be putting out Blue Vengeance in April. Well, the rest of the April package looks like this. They're going to be putting out Bloodhook and Terror, both of which are Blu-ray DVD combos. Their DVD-only releases are going to be Little Show-Offs and Flesh and Laces 1 and 2. We also got a little peek, just a little peek, at their uh, May package, Melvin Van Peebles' classic black exploitation film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, is going to be a part of that. And there were some hints as to others, but we'll we'll get you the May package details as soon as they arrive. And also remember that Memorial Day weekend is going to be their halfway to Black Friday sale. So that's it for the news. We'll see you guys next time, and um, keep saving your money, because it sounds like that halfway to Black Friday sale is going to be something else. Nikki. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Video. Oh my God! Today, we are talking about the 1984 film, The Devil's Gift, directed by Kenneth J. Thomas, why have you stopped talking to me? Thomas? Thomas Johnson, are you there? film that it was a film um it felt very much like and they kind of were accused of maybe plagiarizing a Stephen King short story called The Monkey it's about a a, a single uh was he a single dad um and on he's raising his son he has a girlfriend and the girlfriend finds this monkey this little symbol monkey like the monkey shines case you know monkey shines uh, this toy monkey. Yep, that dingy, creepy ass <laughs> old toy yeah. that any kid would be happy. To of get. course, they would love it. So the kid gets this as a birthday present, and of course, it's maybe possessed by a demon. And hijinks ensues. Now, a lot of you who, if you guys watch uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, you may have seen this yeah. as Merlin's Shop of Mystical <laughs> Wonders. And they re the director uh, Kenneth Burton re-edited this in 1996 for like a children's show, and then Mystery Science Theater 3000 took it and of course uh, made fun of it 
And uh, so a lot of people saw it. And so the full length film, The Devil's Gift, has been relegated to VHS. And I don't think it ever got a DVD release. Um, and it's I don't know. I don't know if the thing like this would get a Blu-ray release. It's uh, it's Vestron video. But I highly doubt that Lionsgate's going to spend the money to get this thing restored. Come on. 4K crystal clear sparkling <laughs> restoration commentary. I absolutely loved the intro at the beginning because you have this music, this, this, this symphony kick in. And it's very, you know, macabre's orchestra playing. And you're kind of the camera's tracking through this haunted looking forest and trees and pans up on this really decrepit house and you got a woman with a Ouija board pours herself a shot as you would before you get on the Ouija board and uh, she proceeds to say you know I can't remember the person's name like Herbert Herbert is that you and of course the little triangle thingy I'm not I don't really know how to say Ouija board terms but whatever that little the triangle thingy is it of course automatically it goes by itself to no and oh shit it's not Herbert and she asks for whatever it is to reveal itself and lightning blows the house up that's the intro I was in I was so ready for this film I like I laid down on the ground and I was just like take me I'm ready. My body's ready. And Were you then, in the center of a pentagram? Yeah, yes. Yeah, cool. yeah. I um, I took some of my daughter's glitter and I made a glitter pentagram because that's all I had. That available. will hold you like salt. You need to be careful with that glitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I at least I can maybe vacuum it up easier than anything else. But uh, but then we're in 1984 suburbia and um. The movie, for me, the movie went downhill from there. We'll discuss further. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think of 1984's The Devil's Gift? Charlie obviously has some things to say. Well, I don't want to step on Charlie's toes. (laughs) But like you mentioned, uh, I literally grew up on Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) So when I started this movie, I like screamed, it's Merlin Schaaf of Mystical Wonders. Um, which of course that movie, it has, uh, another story about a guy becoming a baby. Uh, that's neither right. here or there. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. They yeah, brought in, so, they edited in some things. Yeah. And, um, so coming from that, I always thought was like a very kind of cute, uh, take off of a classic possession story. Um, but it's, has a lot of gore that isn't in the, uh, the Merlin shop cut of it. Right. There's a, a shower scene in particular. <laughs> I actually. That it, shower scene. <laughs> fantastically long shower scene. Yeah. it. I went through a roller coaster of emotions because at first you're like, <laughs> oh, he can't get out. The water's too hot. And then blood comes out and it comes out and it comes out. Was it blood or was it mud? I don't know because we are, again, not looking at a 4K crystal <laughs> restoration. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, blood mud. I don't know. <laughs> blood mud. I think that's what it is. <sighs> but yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy. He's stuck. And then he's like trying to scramble over the shower door. And it got really funny again. And then he thinks it's over, but it's not over. I don't know what they were thinking with the pacing of it, but it was kind of <laughs> brilliant with 
how off it was. It's it's like if the the shower scene in Psycho um, went on maybe about five minutes longer, and instead of her being stabbed, she just kept slipping on like the soap and just falling down and getting back up, and then falling down and maybe she got stabbed but then maybe she slips and falls out but then falls back in and then tries to climb out and then it's you know just imagine that yeah or the shower scene from final destination but like with a little three stooges (laughs) flavor in it right Um, yeah so (laughs) and the uh the mystery science theater episode's one of my favorites I've seen it way too many times. It's like one of those like, I'm a pillow with features. You know, I love it. So it was both fun and incredibly strange. Um, so they did cut out uh, some more of the violent ones. Like there's a nightmare where his face gets ripped off. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of filler, a lot of sitting on the couch and talking. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of wish someone would do a super cut where you just keep in like the goofy rock and roll marsh parts of the merlin cut but like (laughs) put the gory parts in there too okay i can dig it yeah yeah definitely yeah that's that's the thing like the pacing of the film really brought it down for me because there's there is some tense things like when when the the dog is stuck right and there's uh the fire and the dad's outside working on his car like and the boys mesmerized mesmerized by the television by these old um cartoons but like that scene in particular actually is like because I'm a dog person, of course. Oh, yeah. And like there is some genuine tense, uh, you know, butt clenching uh, moments in that scene. Because well, okay. <laughs> other than that, like, you know, there's a few random scenes here and there. But, yeah, there's a lot of filler with, uh, with the just sitting on the couch and chatting and him talking to his girlfriend uh you know their weird flirting and he's he's a he's a moan kisser do you notice that no but he goes he goes oh. and he kisses his girlfriend it's amazing and we do need to mention his neighbor who i really think has a gay crush on him uh his neighbor with it looks like a fake beard um but he, and he's always doing these awful impersonations, a lot like me. So I really connected with a neighbor uh, in that sense because he's always doing these awful. Okay, impressions. so you don't think it was just a bromance? You think it was like a forbidden, one-sided love? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Um, I maybe I've been you know I don't know. I've been reading into a lot more uh, probably than I should lately. You know what? You miss Brad. I get it. I do. And I think that's what it is. I really do uh, think that uh, uh, there's this unrequited love uh, deep in my heart, this space, this hole in my heart because I have not talked to Brad in probably three weeks. Yeah. I'll be okay. And like in the movie, you're stuck with the... A lame lady with like a bad haircut <laughs> in this <laughs> yeah. place. With no, hey! like, <laughs> wow! Wait, okay. wait a minute! Oh, we wait! Can play this <laughs> team, Sean. I apologize. I didn't uh, pick up on the uh, the wordplay there. And uh, no, we're cool. You and me are cool. We're good. That's what he's saying. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this is available on YouTube. Uh, to watch if you want to check it out and uh, you know movies like this I think it's okay that we can send you to the YouTubes 
because it's not on. I can't send you to some distributor to buy it. Uh, you'll probably can find the VHS uh, and a used VHS player and watch it that way if you're full on physical. But uh, Stephanie, anything else you have to mention about the Devil's Gift? <laughs> um, I'm I'm purely coming from seeing this movie from Mystery Science Theater for so many <laughs> years. So to me, uh, I didn't <laughs> come to it from a pure place. It was more like leaning forward with like, oh my God, oh my God. Like a really, it, it would probably be really annoying to watch this movie with me. It would, it would be like watching your favorite episode of like like an after school special right and but with all of a sudden these crazy scenes of gore and terror all of a sudden coming in right? yeah it's like i always watched uh fast times at ridgemont high for like years on television and then when i finally <laughs> saw it on dvd i was like there's an abortion plot in here yeah. it's a little bit like that because they cut that out of the tv version um so yeah, it's, it's just like there's it's it's a very classic possession tale, but it it's kind of funny. It's kind of cute. Um, I don't I don't know what mood to recommend watching. I don't know thing, because it's but... a, it goes a little too long. It's like an hour yeah. and thirty five minutes, maybe thirty seven minutes. I think they knew that, and that's why they put it in the well the two film uh, anthology film because it does work a lot better in my opinion. With edits. But I, I, you know what? I think the the credits actually might mean might be nine minutes though. So you know, it might might be fine. That but always helps because of all the dialogue. It just felt I was just like, wow, it has been a minute. It feels like it's been ten. Guys, there's a killer monkey. Why are you talking right now? Let's, yeah, uh, let's get this moving. Yeah, that thing needs to fly around the room and slice some piece some people with his little. Symbols. Oh God, let's remake this. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. And we could put an actual rock and roll Martian in it. Yeah. Please. All right, we're doing it. We'll work on getting financing for the remake of The Devil's Gift. Let's move into shit that's actually scary, everybody. Uh, We're going to jump into some stream screams. Nate, wake up. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me. Scream. Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. Today we are talking about the 2017 film The Ritual, directed by David Bruckner, uh, based on the novel by Adam Neville. Rob would have loved this place. He's a good man. The best of us. You know they have walking trails in England? Pubs. Come on, man. Where's your soul? Ah! Oh, oh, it's twisted. It's twisted. Ah! All right, yep. Oh. Easy, easy. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. Or through the forest. Yeah, why not? We should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here? Could be hunters out here. Bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. It is available right now on Netflix. 
And a lot of people had been talking about this one. Uh, I know that Bloody Disgusting, uh, John Squires had posted an article about it, kind of praising the film. And it's kind of a, um, like the descent with, uh, backpacker guys, basically, is what people were kind of describing it as. Uh, do you think that's a fair description of the film? I'm, I'm kind of torn with that. Well, um, I did absolutely think of the descent while I watched it and I hadn't really, okay. uh, I knew I really wanted to see the movie, so I didn't really read up on it ahead of time because I don't like being spoiled. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is the descent with dudes and accents. Um, (laughs) It was just kind of like a a close uh, group getting encroached on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it it's yeah, it's (laughs) it's one of those movies where it you can absolutely think of uh, influences and movies that remind you of it, but you love it because it's still original. It's just, you know, nice and cozy and kind of our modern folklore. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's no, it's definitely not a ripoff or anything like that. I want to tread lightly with this one because I really think that, um, this should be a film that you kind of go into knowing as little as possible. But basically, the, the basic setup is you have how many friends are there? Five or four? Is there four? Yeah. I think there's five. At, there's five well, at the beginning, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, um, one of their friends passes away. And these four guys every year. I guess every year they went on this backpack trip to climb this mountain. They decided to go the next year to, you know, uh, for their friend who passed away. And um, as as these types of things go, uh, shit goes goes down. Um, They basically get lost in the woods. There's kind of a menacing presence there. And um, things move along from there. I'm awful. Like when it comes, like I want to. When I don't want to spoil a film, I get really bad at uh, the descriptions. But, uh, but, but I, I really. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch any trailers for this one. Um, I will. I will say that I started this late at night, and I was like, well, maybe I'll watch half of it because that's kind of what I do, just because of my schedule. I watch half one night, half the other night, and I was up to about one in the morning watching this because I. Didn't want to turn it off. I really wanted to see what was going to happen. I was invested in these characters and, you know, kind of what was going on. Because you have some psychological things going on uh, as, you know, when characters kind of get into tense situations, you kind of see their true colors. And that's uh, that's the case in this film. They get lost in the woods and uh, weird things start happening and it get it gets tense. Did it get tense for you? What What did you think? Like on the scare level, where would you kind of rate the ritual? Um, the scare level I thought was very effective um, because this is a beautifully paced film. Mm-hmm. Um, the The death of their friend, which isn't a spoiler, it happened. No. It It sets the stage at the beginning of the film. Literally the first five minutes. Them getting together. So it's not even a year since they lost their friend. And um, the actors are incredible. And there's a lot of raw tension. Mm -hmm. And they're carrying that from the start. 
and when things uh, start slowly going bad. And you could even say there's like a little bit of like Blair Witch Project yes. here as well. Better than any Blair Witch Project that I've seen. <laughs> like they take the Blair Witch Project and actually make it good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the remake. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, okay. I do enjoy them, but I know they're flawed. Um, and I could definitely see how this would be someone who didn't dig them would be like, finally, this one got it right. <laughs> um, so the fact that they build their relationship before anything scary happens, in my opinion, I think every movie needs to do this. Seems like such a basic thing. We don't really care what happens to people if we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um and you care and there's tension and the the relationships are constantly changing um the gore uh, it's not like obs- it's not an obscene splatter film but uh the design of everything that happens in it is incredible and i've never seen Again, try not to spoil, but I was shocked because I'm so used to saying, oh, that thing, it's kind of a mix of this and this and maybe a little (laughs) of that. This one, I'm like, no, this, congratulations, I have not seen that before, Um, which was wonderful. So they actually, it's a beautiful film. It's a gorgeous location in the woods. uh, Mm -hmm. And you like feel when the sun goes down and when it gets colder, um, it everything is firing in this movie. Absolutely everything. Um, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Here's what I wanted to, to talk about a little bit with this film because it was a Netflix, um, not not necessarily an, a Netflix original, but it was distributed through they Netflix. Fired it. I think it was released theatrically in the UK. I think it hit some festivals, but it's a shame that. Like, I want to see this on a big screen with 7.1 surround, you know, just blasting. I turned my sound system up. Um, I have, I have an okay system. I have, I have a pretty decent television. Um, <laughs> but I would have loved to see this come, you know, on a, you know, in a theater with that sound because the sound design is wonderful. Um, the, the visuals, uh, the the tension being in a dark theater with all these all the noises of the the woods around like it would have been I think elevated it elevated the film even further. So I mean, what do you think about the, the Netflix acquiring things? Like I'm like kind of torn on it. I kind of, I like that they're doing it. I like that I can see a new movie from my home if I'm not not able to go out to the theater. But I would. I'd love to be able to have the option to go out to the theater and see this too, you know? Yeah, I'm torn on it as well. Because on one hand, uh, when you kind of hear about maybe a sleeper movie that uh, the studio was never really planning on giving it any theatrical or like, oh, maybe we'll do 10 screens for like two weeks and yeah. pull it. Um, when Netflix picks up something like that and then all of a sudden it's on people's uh like right on their televisions and they can discover it. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. But, and maybe the ritual falls under this when there's films that probably could have opened wide, uh, could have had a good run, would definitely benefit from, you know, a movie theater, surround sound and a giant screen and that communal experience. But 
maybe they're like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll immediately release it to Netflix. Mm-hmm. We, we don't worry about the theatrical. That kind of bums me out. That kind of sucks. Well, Amazon Prime does. They release films theatrically. And then around the time, like then a few weeks later, it'll hit their service. I mean, I feel like they have a good a good method, you know, going for them. And right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But, but you know, Netflix is doing its thing. I mean, people have been poo-pooing Netflix and everything. I think they're doing a wonderful job. Like, I love most of their original content. Like, I just started watching Altered Carbon, and I love it. Like, a site this, you know, um, I actually loved Duncan Jones's Mute. I didn't talk about that in What's On Your Doorstep. But people have been shitting on, like, they're treating the Netflix as direct to video basically it's the new director video yeah and while there's some stuff that's really good people like to shit on it right away like i think mute is a very misunderstood film if you kind of look at what duncan jones was trying to do uh if you just enjoy it for what it is and not expect like all the comparisons to blade runner all this other stuff it's not that at all and if you and if you if you decide to shit on mute and not watch it at all, you are missing the best Paul Rudd performance I have ever seen. He is wonderful in that film. You need to watch it. If you, if you, even if you don't like anything else, watch it for the Paul Rudd, um, Paul Rudd's role. Cause he's fantastic as you know this kind of like military surgeon. Um, he's a fantastic porn stash too. I think some people are trying to deal in absolutes with the Netflix thing. And you can't because technology is moving faster right now than it has mm-hmm. ever in history. And like you think about like a couple of years ago, I remember they were trying to open a film and then sell DVDs of that film, like in the lobby of the movie theater to try to <laughs> cut down on pirating. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> It was such a weird idea, but it, it seems like it. we just kind of know everyone's pretending they know what they're doing, but I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. So, yeah, um, I think uh, the Netflix thing, it's mostly a great thing yeah. and I mostly love what they're doing. But is it perfect? No. You know, I we need to keep it's a weird shifting environment with uh, distribution yeah. and just the movie watching experience in general right now. So I think we kind of just need to chill with, yeah, you know, calling it so. the devil or calling it the savior. I mean, <laughs> considering how fast things change, I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, here is what I think. And we're kind of going off, but um, but but this is important, like because talking about the theatrical experience, I think because a, a, a theater down the road from me, uh, over the next town, retrofitted the entire theater. They added the reclinable seats. Um, they spread things out. They are getting ready to do their um grand opening. They're going to have full bar. Uh, they're going to have a kitchen doing that whole thing, you know, Alamo, the Alamo draft house experience, mm-hmm. right? All these, but everything's like priced decently still like the candy's still ridiculous, but the beer and the food is going to be basically, you know, decent prices. And for me with a family of five, like going to the movies is, is always an event. And I always used to just hate doing it because we would all go out, we'd spend, Easily $120 easy on, for a matinee, you know, with snacks and all this stuff. Cool. 
And then we all pile in. We all try to get there super early. We stand in line if it's like a Star Wars film or something like that. We get in. We elbow people out of the way. Try to use our kids. Like, say, hey, I got kids. Let me through. I'm a <laughs> I have a tiny human shield. Move yeah. It. And you get to the seat and you're all crammed in there and it's awful. And the kids are getting up and down. It's just, it was, it, for me, going to the theater was awful. Now I can pick the seats that I want, like the day before. I can plan it. We can get there. No rush. We go right to our seats. We sit down. The kids love the reclining thing. My five-year-old would def- will fall asleep, you know, an hour in. And he's taking a nap. And the kids are having a great time. It's it's for me like that is going to save the theatrical experience, making it an event for me. And 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 of course, I'm not I'm speaking through like from like a family perspective, because that's really most of the time I'm going to go to theater is is like that. Um, If it's just me, who gives a shit? Give me a give me a folding chair and a big screen. I don't care. But for the family outing or even like a date night like that for me would get more people out to the theaters but um, but I don't know. I don't know where I was going with all that. But I, I think the yeah the environment definitely is changing. The distribution environment is changing. I would be fine with it. With like the ritual coming out on Netflix, and then like I could watch it from home if I want. But then uh, then if I want, man, I'd love to go to the theater. I have a window to go see it in the theater for a little bit. Like that'd be great. But you know, more movies are being pumped out than there are screens and seats. So I get it. We get it. Um, the ritual is great. If you haven't watched it, um, definitely, definitely comes highly recommended, uh, I believe from both of us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've, um, already scheduled in friends to watch it with me. Um, cause nice. I, I don't know my friends and that I like see every day. I have to be like, I actually have to drag them to watch movies. It's very strange. <laughs> talking to people online who live for movies like I do. I'm like, no, just show up and trust me, okay? And the ritual, I, I've done a long list for. So. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I, I'm so inundated with the online community of all of us enthusiasts. And, like, like I maybe have, like, two people I go see movies with outside of, like, my wife and kids. Like, Right. It's it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah, when the, they see like my my movies, they're like, "Oh, you own movies?" <laughs> huh. Yeah. I got a fire stick. We watch everything for free. I know. I feel like oh. I have to like apologize for it. It's so strange. I give them the death eye. I'm like, "You know what? You're killing the movie industry. You know that?" Grab my house. <laughs> I'll have people like they'll come up to me and they'll go Hey, I just watched this movie. Now I know it's in the theaters and I watched it. Now I know how you feel about that. But have you seen it? Is it good? Did, did you like it? Like they'll want to talk about it and I'll be like, I don't want, I, I don't want to encourage what you're doing, but let's talk about this movie. I'm totally fine. No. Yeah. I used to work with a guy who would illegally stream movies at work because it was so slow. <laughs> He'd be like telling me about it as it played and it came out two days before. I'm like, John, you can't be doing this, man, and stop spoiling it for me. You're making digital distribution companies like Netflix release movies, direct a video with no theatrical run. What are you doing? Yeah. I digress. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Let's talk about our feature film for the day. Another 2017 film. This is Tyler McIntyre's tragedy girls sometimes i just feel like nothing i do matters like i'm not special we only got one retweet today from your mom sad 
But we were just wondering if maybe you could give our blog a shout out. A shout out for me would be a little off brand. I have 15,000 followers. You know what that means? A community like this? More to the left. His heart's more to the left. You're just hitting the bone, dude. I'm trying. Mr. High is trending. I really hope nothing bad happened to him. It's like, poof. He vanished, right? Anybody could be next. Even you. You can find more information on our Tragedy Girls Twitter page. Holy shit, Tragedy Girls was awesome. This is kind of a horror comedy in a sense, but I feel like it's horror comedy done right. Like there's a deep biting satire of social media popularity of you, like YouTube channels, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. These two teenage girls are obsessed with serial killers and they kidnap a uh, a masked serial killer and decide to take matters in their own hands to keep that legacy going and to increase the follows and likes and views of their uh, of their YouTube show, Tragedy Girls. This is starring Chrisley Hill. No, sorry. This is starring Brianna Hildebrand, Alexandra Ship, Jack Quaid, and many other people. Kevin Durand is in this. It's a wonderful um, cast. Fantastic. Biting humor and satire. Uh, I love this thing to death. And I maybe it'll stop the show. And I'm just going to go watch this now. And screw it, show's over. I'm going to go watch Tragedy Girls. I'm Stephanie, down, what man, did you go. what did you think of Tragedy Girls? Yeah, this is another one where I immediately dragged a quote unquote real life person to watch it. And thankfully, they <laughs> loved it because I hyped it up a little bit. Um, this is another okay. So I I guess the closest thing I could possibly compare it to, even though it's a very wonderful original movie, in my opinion, is if you kind of mix uh, Behind the Mask, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, with a little bit of Final Girls, and maybe the tiniest dash of Tucker and Dale. It's not that silly or slapsticky, but if you enjoy that feel you would probably enjoy tragedy girls i would say the shop scene is probably the most slapsticky yes. dark Good humor <laughs> um that scene is is fantastic the the gore in this is you can tell that they are horror lovers like i feel like i don't know like so many horror movies i don't know if it's budget or what it can't be budget but I, like they don't they either deliver in some spots and and but don't deliver on the others. I feel like a lot of movies, for some reason, modern movies especially, kind of they chintz out on the gore a little bit. And Tragedy Girls uh, did not, and it and it didn't do it. <clears throat> it was like a fine line. It was like done perfectly, where it wasn't like calling too much attention to itself, like a splatter film, but it was enough to be like it, it reminded me of a lot of the kills and kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? Hmm. No, Sean, you're not. How did it remind you of my? <laughs> How did it remind you? Of well, that? the uh, the the gym scene uh, for okay. sure reminded me of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Right? Is that one where the girls lifting the weights? No, Is that, that was three like five. Five. Okay, one of those ones. I you know I don't know. Um, 
Right. Reminded me of that. And of course, I mean, I, I go to the gym um, and I've, I think of so many ways people can die as I'm working out. Uh, it's ridiculous. So but uh, I mean, the, the creativity, I guess, in the kills uh, reminded me of they're, they're slasher kills, you know, and there's there's actually creativity and thought kind of going into it. And um, and just the, the two leads, Brianna Hildebrand and Alexandra Ship are just perfect together. Yeah, their chemistry is, you totally buy that they've been friends most of their lives. Mm -hmm. They play off each other so well. And they're both Marvel people now, so. Yeah, right. Um, Brianna was in Deadpool. Alexandra, was what was she in? Oh, uh, X-Men. Storm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, X-Men Apocalypse. Okay, I remember nothing about that one. That's okay. No, terrible movie. She deserved better, but it counts <laughs> as the Marvel Universe. It totally does. <laughs> I caused a little bit of a stir on the social media when... The social media. I had just seen Lady Bird the day before. Oh, yeah. And then I watched Tragedy Girls this day, and it was super duper late. <laughs> I'm a dad. Super duper. Because both movies have a prom scene. And um, I saw like both movies are about uh, female relationships. Uh, both movies have a prom scene. Both movies are about kind of, you know, being comfortable with who you are. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's your last year of uh, high school. You that. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for Lady Bird that much. I was OK. So I tweeted out, you know, Tragedy Girls greater than Lady Bird as just being a sarcastic dumbass. And uh, I think I made Brad Henderson cry. Um, he was very upset at me because he adores Lady Bird. And I know many people do. Joe, Joe Gouin. Hey, Joe. He's yeah. a fan of Lady Bird. I'm it's a fan not of a bad Lady film. I was just having a little bit, a bit of fun. Just, a, just yeah, to throwing a toss. Using Tossing a bad a accent doesn't make it right? okay, Sean. <laughs> Can't accent your way out of everything. Well, it uh, it caused a lot more uh, turmoil uh, than I thought it would, and uh, of course, I was having some fun with it, and then a lot. It just got crazy. So, uh, I did not fully. It was not a full review of both films. It was not a. It was not a fair critique. I get that. Um, but I was just, you know, I was just saw the similarities with a few things and thought it was funny. But Tragedy Girls, I love because it had humor and gore and murder. And of course, I would love it more. Right. I mean, come on. You can't fault yeah. me for that. <laughs> no, that's uh, maybe the most wonderful thing about Tragedy Girls. Was the acting great? Of course it was. The kills were super fun. There's just the right amount of gore. Like it delivers. But it's fun. I had fun watching it. Um, it's just a pure fun ride. And I love movies like that. It's just, it's almost like a little bit cleansing. Just have a well-made fun movie. You're rooting for these two serial killers. Basically. Yeah, and I did not feel bad about it. No. My wife walked in and she went, what are you watching? And I said, well, it's about these two girls that... Uh, basically kidnap a mass murderer, serial killer, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees type guy, uh, and then take over his murdering spree to increase the views of their social media. 
she looked at me um, and walked out of the room. She's so wise. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, nope, not for me. Bye. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, if you have it, it, watch Tragedy Girls, it's great. Most of I think a lot of people watched it. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were watching it when it's coming out on DVD. I was a little disappointed that it's a Blu-ray, a BDR. Um, the the nerder, the nerdy collector in me is starting, you know, almost had like an OCD moment and I, I, I panicked a little bit when it arrived and I opened it up and I went, oh, fuck. So is that when they pretty much print them on demand? Yeah, you can tell because here we go. You want me to get yes, stupid? Yes, do it. Uh, I opened it up and I can tell that it was a, like, I can, like, you can tell by the cover art. Some of them are pixely, and you can tell it was just printed out like on a jet printer. Um, you can tell this was basically, it's just not, the quality's not there as far as the cover art. Uh, and then, you know, you open it up, and it's, it's, you can tell it has the little, when you turn it over, it has the little ring. You can tell it's burned. The reason why, for the most part, the reason why I don't, I, I kind of am, you know, I get the sad trombone when I realize something I bought. Like, I bought, um, that uh that Spock documentary um where the the um uh, Leonard Nimoy's son does a documentary on him and it's really fantastic but that was a, an on demand or whatever uh film too but i paid like 25 bucks for it you know and i paid like maybe 20 for yeah that's tragedy what gets girls me cuz i get how on, in a business sense it makes sense not to just do a ton of copies that might not sell but like i a while ago i was looking at uh, Marie Antoinette and I'm like, okay, it has this little note about it being burned, and it's like thirty dollars, and there's no extras. Like, I'm not gonna do that. There's no reason for it to be that expensive. You can buy a BDR for like twenty five cents. Yeah, that's where they lose to me. Because yeah, you, know, you know, this is where I might as well just freaking pirate it and burn it myself. Whoa! You but I'm not. Recorded yourself because I have morals and standards. I would never do that. Literally, I would never do that. I'm not even being funny. Like, I would not do that. He's <laughs> like, no, uh, seriously, FBI. Seriously, seriously. But you can, I mean, you, you can rent this if you don't, I mean, it guarantee, like, you, everyone needs to watch this. It's great. It's really fun. If you want to support the film, please, you know, buy it. Uh, you can buy it digitally probably for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if on the digital copy that they have the commentary, but if you if you do buy the Blu-ray, uh, it does have the commentary on there. And I, what I was going to say, and I totally got sidetracked, of course, is the reason why I, I'm kind of um, not put off on these burnable ones is because I have an Xbox One, and that's what I play most of my movies on. And I was worried because it doesn't play BDRs, um, or it hasn't. But I think they've upgraded the firmware because it played it just fine. Oh, good. So, okay. So I'm fine. You know, and then the the final thing that just really annoys me is that they have it like on the top of the case. It just says Blu-ray disc. Leave that off. This is where you can tell Sean's really a collector. <laughs> not like not like the logo, not like the Blu-ray logo. It's like not maybe the they had the paint. Not the official logo. It just says Blu-ray disc. Yeah, Blu-ray. It sounds like that. Blu-ray desk. Blu-ray desk. That's how I, when I see it in my mind, that's what in the, the it's voice. It's like Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but no, when, when I, all that aside, uh, I'm so glad I own this movie. I, I'm so glad it's out there and I'm really would love to see, I'm very interested in seeing what Tyler McIntyre, uh, and then the uh, writer, Chris Lee Hill, what they have up their sleeves next, because, um, cause it, it, it was just great. I mean, cause they, this is their first feature length, I guess. I mean, I know, it says that, uh, they directed Secret Identity, but I haven't seen that one. But yeah, this is the kind of movie that makes you excited to see because there's just uh, it's crackling. You could tell there was uh, real talent and like real fire put behind this movie, and that makes you excited to see what's going to come next. Yeah, I think that's all we got to say about Tragedy Girls. Watch it, everybody. Right? Hashtag super good. It is so good, and uh, like you know. I guess we're being a little more vague because we want everyone to watch it. We don't want to go, you know, plot point by plot point and screw that bullshit. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Screamcast, Stephanie. No, I have an hour uh, of movie theater ranting, actually. Okay, okay. Let's, uh, okay, we can rant for an hour. No, we, we don't need to do that. All right, fine. I guess we're done. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> Please check out all the shows over at ScreamingPause.com. I'm uh, I'm not saying that just because I started it. Here, I'll say it. Check it out. It's yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I literally get nothing out of it. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm like this CEO of this big money making scheme. Inertia's your soul, Sean. It's funny because when I approach, because I've I started. I haven't really talked about when I when I started Screaming Pods. Like I just got the idea to just I want to do a network. And I just fucking did it. And I started approaching, you know, certain shows that I liked and respected. And then I started kind of approaching more shows that I'd been listening to for a while. I didn't know if they, how they would respond. And when I contacted Brady Harden from, uh, the, like the, uh, the kind of the religion, uh, podcast, not really, it's like anti-religion apparently, you know, basically, but, um, uh, the life after, um, he was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. He was, he was like, literally was almost like, I will not bow to a corporate sponsor. You know, he was like, who are you? <laughs> what, you what's in it for you? your monocle. I'll get you. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know, he was, this better not be something where, you need, are you going to try to take the show for me? Tell me to, I'm like, no, 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 no. And, um, it's literally, this was just me trying to collect all my favorite shows into one feed so I don't have to search for everybody. Basically, this is all for me, just to hear some Sean's good lazy. shit. Sean's lazy, here screaming yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Basically. But, uh, but you know, I mean, Brad and, and Mike Delaney were talking about starting up their little SOV podcast, and then I had it in mind for another kind of spinoff, and I was like, oh, it would be perfect. So, um, you've been on some Just the Discs episodes. Yes. Which has been a lot of fun, for hearing you and Brian Sauer kind of uh, shoot the shit about fun films. You just recently talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Right. And what was the other movie you talked about? Rockula. He gets yes. me on for the real fancy stuff. Yeah. He's like, I the need cl- that film scholar up in here. <laughs> but uh, please go to ScreamingPause.com. I mean, I've, I keep I keep adding shows. Um, some of the new ones, uh, Textual Relations is a fantastic it's podcast uh courtney and christian um hold on hold on i'm gonna get their names in my head i was gonna i don't i want to make sure i want to make sure i don't pronounce it wrong uh christian and courtney bates hardy 
basically take they talk about uh, a book and its film or TV adaptation. And it's fantastic. They both are English majors. They both love books. Uh, They just did one on secretary. It's a fantastic listen. Um, So they have a few shows like they're just kind of getting started again. And um, so stuff like that. I'm like, I'm looking for, I think there's some movie podcasts and stuff on there too, but I'm kind of looking for, you know, a little, little off the grid, a little bit away from that stuff. You know, at the fire is the storytelling podcast. That's just a lot of fun. Um, and uh, what are the what are some of the new ones? Oh, we did we did just bring on uh, Good Times, Great Movies, and they uh, talk about '80s films, so they're a lot of fun. And uh, of course, uh, you can't sit with us. Uh, great queer perspective on film and TV. You may learn a little too much, specifically about uh, you know intimate relations. Um, that's coming in from Sean's community. perspective, though. And if you've heard us talk about porn that comes down vinegar syndrome, just take it with a grain of salt. I feel, I, I feel like maybe John and Spencer do it just because they know I'm listening and they know that I might start sweating. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. I, it's, I mean, it's, it's like hanging out. <laughs> it's a very fun podcast. Uh, and they did a, a Gremlins commentary. And oh, my God. You need to hear it. It's great. I need to uh, catch up. They just uh, they just went through all the psycho sequels on the latest episode. It's pretty I love great. That anyway, um, what I should do is I should start up a side 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 pro- podcast where I just kind of do the weekend podcasts, just go over and and and. Uh, you know. <gasps> Can I do the theme song? Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. But please check it out. Um, we are testing out a store. And uh, the so the Screamcast, we have some mugs on there. I'm getting stickers and magnets and things like that. There is some Splathouse merch on there too. And what I'm trying to do with Screaming Pods basically is find a way to support these other shows. So, um, you know, Splathouse is going to keep most of the money that they make from these sales. If any other podcast come onto the store, they're going to keep most of the money from the sales. It's not about, you know, any, it's really not about making money for the network. It's about kind of, I'm trying to find a way to filter in support for all these fantastic shows. So there's, if you go to Screamcat or if you go to screamingpods.com and if you click on donate, you can find all the shows that are accepting donations, Patreon, all that kind of stuff. And you can support your favorite shows there. That's my goal with it. Like my goal is to basically bring in support and audience and things like that for all these fantastic podcasts. So check it out. I better talk a little bit about Screamcast uh, and our sponsors before we go. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome, of course. We just had our rundown on the last episode. Coffee Shop of Horrors. If you're a coffee lover, they got some fantastic uh, coffee to check out. You can get 10% off your order if you use the code SCREAMCAST. Grindhousevideo.com. Um, if you're looking for a uh, all kind of your favorite stuff, if you're going to Best Buy and their section's drying up, you got nothing. Grindhouse Video has everything you need his prices are great follow him on facebook he does every week he goes through all the movies that he's getting in and it's a great way and and mike just does a great job kind of kind of he's building a community in that area of people who love these types of stores i wish i lived near there i would be in there probably way too much and my wife would divorce me because they spent all our money on movies um anyway that's all i got music by wolfman of mars design by Kevin Spencer, go to the screencast.com slash sponsors. 
buy some mugs, buy some stickers when they come in. Brad is trying to unload his pins because he got on that pin making kick and made a bunch of pins. Um, there's a link to screaming threads and those are the pins. Uh, we may be trying to get those into the store. Uh, we'll see, but, um, we'll see what happens with that. And I think that's going to do it. Yes, Stephanie. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything you would like to say before we part ways on this wonderful 152nd episode of the Screamcast? Ooh. Uh, well, as always, Sean, it, it's a pleasure, and thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, just have some fun at the movies, whether you're in the theater or at home. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter, Scream underscore cast. Oh, okay. I try to be sweet and sincere here. If you like what we do, if you love the show, if you feel sorry for us and just want to sling a couple bucks our way, you can become a member of Club Scum. Membership cards are on the way for all you current Club Scum members. Really excited about getting this out to you. Uh, you get discounts on Screamcast merchandise, 20%. You get entered in to random, I, tr- I try to do them once a month, drawings. I just gave away a uh, Hammer Volume 2 box set from Indicator. Damn. Yeah. I don't even have that. Yeah. Come on. Gave away some good shit this month. Um, you'll be entering into those drawings. And it's just a small way for you to show your support of the podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, I think two bucks a month is, is pretty good. I do my own little uh, ripoff of Brian, Brian Sauer's Just the Discs called Sean Stack. Uh, it's a total inspired by Brian Sauer for sure. And that's okay. Um, we're going to try doing Screamcast late nights. Um, usually Brad and I are doing those. Steph, it might be you and me doing the late nights. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll try to get that going with whoever's available. And Basically, it's just 20 or 30 minutes of us talking about a random topic and uh, just totally you know, wow. free flow conversation. Can I use my late night voice when <laughs> yeah, I do you it? you can. Because then I'll do it. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I think that's a no. That's a te- no. That's that <laughs> coming soon, everybody. Special coming attraction. Late night voice. Late night voice. This is my late night late voice. Night. Hey, everybody! I just poured myself a martini, and I'm about to I don't drink think it. I'm and talk about right movies. Now. All right, we're done. All right, check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. All of you who are current Club Scum members, uh, big sloppy kisses for all of you. You all win that. All right, everybody. We will talk to all of you next time. Uh, Brad and I will be, well, I will be kind of moderating Brad through his South by Southwest experience. And uh, then I have no idea what we're covering next. I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, just, you know, follow us on Twitter, scream underscore cast. We'll let, we'll let you guys know what, what we're watching next. We'll talk to all of you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.